hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. The latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 208. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. You can check them out, and we'll tell you more about them shortly. Uh, we do it all uh, each and every week for them and with their support. And uh, joining me, my name's Trevor Long, is uh, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au every week. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Great to hear you once again. Well, and we, we, we make a commitment to each other to perhaps get together again soon and, uh, and record in the flesh. Yep. In fact, uh, we, have a, we have a grand plan, which I'm very excited about, I'll be honest, but we, uh, we won't go off too early because, you know, we do struggle to get get our act together sometimes we have a stack to talk about this week in fact we're going to go two blokes talking politics very early on in the show so this is this could be a spin-off people stand by for a whole <laughs> spin-off from two blokes talking tech two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. and what i mean by that is the politics of the federal budget and i am a bit of a political junkie i love i love the whole concept i love the federal budget uh it's a great night to be in the media i've always kind of enjoyed it over the kind of 15 20 years i've been cracking away at this this gig um but last night was quite interesting and i guess it happens every year now with the world of technology uh being so immersed in our lives a lot of news for technology and I guess a couple of things to kick it off from my point of view is the uh, is the twenty thousand um, dollar deduction and the Netflix tax. Now, Steve, the twenty thousand dollar deduction that Joe Hockey announced for small business last night got me very excited. I basically went initially to Apple dot com you and started specking up a new iMac for the office. Um, yeah, I, saw, I, I, I have saw an, that tweet. <laughs> I have an ABN. I, I run a small business, and uh, and I'm entitled to that same deduction. But to be very clear. Just relax, people. It's not a free product. You don't get all the money back from the tax department. You're able to immediately de- uh, immediately depreciate the the product. So, when I spoke to I spoke to Mister Taxman on my podcast, Your Tech Life, this week, you know the the example we gave was a, a three thousand dollar computer. You're able to immediately write off the entire cost, which means you'll get about for for an average business, you'll get about nine hundred dollars back india tax uh, tax return uh, in that first year as a deduction you don't actually get three grand back so it's all based on the marginal tax rate that you pay but regardless it's a lot better than having to claim yeah. the thing over three or four years don't you think Absolutely right. Yeah, I think that uh, anything to reduce your taxable income uh, and to be able to deduct 100% of it, uh, that's a great incentive for small businesses. Uh, I think, though, that uh, it's it's not going to happen, but it, it has to go through the Senate. So for those who've rushed out today to buy all the expensive new gear, uh, I think it's formality, of course, that it will go through the Senate. But in, in the event that it doesn't, uh, then those those products that people have bought uh, will have to be written off over the normal three-year period. But 
that 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 can't be that won't be so bad either. But I think though it's a bit of a shot in the arm for small business. I think and the tech the tech purchases uh, you mentioned uh, specking up a, an iMac. I'm thinking of doing the same. I'm due for a laptop replacement and probably a desktop replacement now. Mm. Uh, I think the the shares of JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, they all shot up today mm. uh, on the back of this news. So people uh, already just the fact they're considering it you know, was enough to move the needle on the share price. So exciting for a lot of small businesses. And, you know, you think about what uh, up to 20000 And remember, you can buy three things for 5000 You can buy 20 things for 5000 if you've got the cash. It's There's no limit to the yes. number of things you can claim back. It's just the maximum price is now 20000 It was only 1000 So think about a, a large multifunction printer for a, a, or, or printer scanner fax, copier setup for, for a small business. Think about your computing needs. Uh, think about everything that um, that you've wanted to get. And, and I think the key thing for me here is don't go out and buy it just because you've got the cash and you want to. This is, this is about if it was, if it was more, if it's more appealing to get it now under the system for you and your finances, great opportunity to do it. And the number one thing I'd say about it is speak to your accountant first. If you're a small business, you've got to have an accountant. Um, yep. speak to them, get their advice. They'll, they'll calm you down if you're too excited or they'll, 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 <laughs> send, you, know, you know what it's like, Stephen. You and I have had yeah. this conversation before about tax time. Often your accountant will send you on your way to do certain things because they know yes. it's the best thing for you. That's the benefit Absolutely. of having an accountant. I've already, I've already had a chat with my accountant, as a matter of fact, and, uh, the, the, the he's, he's going to point out what, uh, what can be covered in the, uh, what can be listed as assets that I can buy. Mm. Uh, but no, it, it is, it is an unusual, like you said, for your accountant to say, look, if you need to make any purchases before June 30, uh, do it because that'll reduce your taxable income and everyone knows the deal with that. But I think, uh, the budget, was apart from giving well that that was a great incentive for small business it also they reduced their uh, amount of uh, company tax they pay I think from thirty down to twenty eight point five percent but another exciting part too I thought was the uh, the uh, abolition of the fringe benefits tax on mobile devices so that if um, if if you like a smartphone tablets laptops computers and things used for work uh, sorry mobile devices so smartphones tablets laptops used for work will be uh, fringe benefits tax free so from April 1 next year is when you can hit up your employer for a new phone or a tablet or even a laptop. Yeah, and that's a big deal. The fringe benefits tax has restricted a lot of things um, in, in in small business. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a hamstring because it's an administrative nightmare. The other one that, that to me has got most attention probably pre-budget as well was the Netflix tax as it's been yeah. labelled. Um, basically, the government's suggesting that digital content uh, will will attract a GST if it's purchased by Australians. Now, yes, this is primarily driven through Netflix. So Netflix is able to charge $8.99 because they're an American operation selling to Australians without an Australian entity. They're not obliged to charge a GST. If they were to charge a GST, you'd end up paying $9.80 something and you're closer to the stand and the prestos of the world. So it, yep. to be honest, I support this 100% because, you know, it is an unfair advantage for Netflix to be able to operate in this market kind of uh, under under a different different system, but they're only doing what they're legally allowed to do. This new tax doesn't come in until July 2017. Um, It's it's a long way off, and basically that's because they've got to work out how to enforce it. How does – so let's say there's some dude in Wisconsin who operates a large little website business selling, you know, uh, software codes for for pieces of software that's, you know, got a bit of an interest in Australia. How does he know the Australian government's changed the rules? How does he know yeah, he's got to change? Charge that's interesting. Well, 
they've got till 2017 to figure it out, though. So I, I think that this this won't. I don't think this will have any effect on Netflix's growth in Australia. Uh, I think Zero. by the time it comes into effect, Netflix is going to be a much better service than it is right now. It's only going to build in these two years. Uh, I think that uh, we should point out here that the, because this is, this is a foreign-based company, uh, not all – if you were to download a movie, say, from iTunes – here in Australia, or some music, that already attracts GST. Right. A lot of people thought, oh, hang on, if I'm going to download an iTunes movie, it's going to be 10% more. Wrong. If you're downloading from iTunes Australia store, that already has That's GST why they included. Have an so store. it's only from these foreign companies heading across here, selling digital content, digital services, where the GST comes in. But I think what, what this may do, uh, and, and it, this is still the case, I think a lot of people will hang on to their VPNs that they may, they're accessing Netflix through a VPN. They may hang on to that so that they don't get charged that GST. If you are a person who holds onto a VPN, be it free or two dollars fifty a month, to avoid a one dollar a month charge <laughs> on Netflix, I think you're a complete lunatic. Because seriously, well, I mean, what game are we playing? I saw a, a report from Deloitte today that suggested that uh, VPN usage will rise when the Netflix tax is introduced. Thanks, Scoop. I mean, of course, there's going to be people who will try and avoid it. But I would argue that 95 plus percent of people would go, mm. so I can just get it normally and it's cost me an extra dollar or I can install a VPN yeah. or change my DNS but, settings. No. Nah, but you don't, know, you don't know what Netflix is going to do in two years. In July 2017, it could be $15, that, 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 um, that price, that entry-level price. It's only still going to be another $1.50, but you just don't know what the price is going to, what's going to happen to that price. Are they going to absorb it? Are they, you know, how's it, how's it going to work? Are they going to charge us more? Well, we don't know. It's very simple. The price is $8.99. If they put the price up any more than nine dollars eighty nine or whatever the the ten percent is, mm-hmm. then they're gouging, and 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 that that won't be accepted by um by yeah. the Australian public. So, it's an interesting well, one. It's uh you know it's going to raise an extra three hundred fifty million dollars um for the states because the GST revenue goes to the states. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's but, over two years. I think that figures for over two years. But um <laughs> while we're on the subject of tax though, uh I think that the the other big announcement was the government crackdown on these big multinational companies who are uh, diverting their profits to avoid paying tax here. Mm. And we're talking about your Googles and your Microsofts and your Apples uh, who have, to quote Joe Hockey, have aggressively minimised their tax. So I think that uh, Mr Hockey said yesterday that if a company earns profit here, that they should be entitled to pay tax here. Uh, so as a result, he's introduced this multinational anti-avoidance law, uh, with, uh, to, to enforce that tax payment here in Australia. And interestingly, that if, if companies try to evade this tax, they're going to be fined double what they owe, uh, with a little bit of interest on top of that. Yeah. And that's, that's the kicker is it's, it's basically just the government saying, we're watching. Um, I don't think that they're able to change the world in, in, a, in one budget, but I think it's good that they're watching. I think it's good that they're, they're attempting to make the, uh, the loopholes tighter or smaller or non-existent. Yeah. But uh, the, you think of the old Kerry Packer, you know, uh, Senate estimates appearance. <laughs> the very fact is yeah. that every good business person is trying to minimise their tax. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, no, tax no, avoidance true. is an outrage. Tax minimisation is... Is my obligation yeah. as well, a citizen. Well, let's face it, mate. They were working within the law. 
That's the right. law allowed them to do that. They continued to do it. Hence the reason why Joe Hockey and the government had to in- introduce a new law yeah. to get around it. But my only fear with that uh, is that companies like, let's just use Apple as the example, this may force prices up uh, across their range. Uh, and that in conjunction with a falling dollar, uh, we've seen there have been some subtle price increases on the on the, of Apple products. Uh, April 1, I noticed some price increases because of that falling dollar. For example, yeah. the 27-inch monitor used to be $11.99. It's now $13.99. Mm-hmm. So it's gone up 200 bucks. So my fear is that this tax, uh, the, if they've got to pay more tax here, they may have to charge more for their products here. Uh, and that, like I said, with the dollar, the, who knows what, what that's going to do, go up, down, stay the same, that we may be paying a little bit more. Well, we have to be ready for that, but uh, Stephen has done a, a tremendous job of wrapping up the uh, the, ta- the tech implications of the federal budget at techguide.com.au. And if you want to hear my interview with uh, Mr. Taxman, Adrian Raftery, um, uh, about the, the $20,000 uh, you know, instant deduction or instant depreciation, uh, you can listen to that in the latest episode of Your Tech Life, also at eftm.com.au. Now, I know we talk a lot, well, all the time about all the latest tech products and, and their features and how they can enhance our lives and all the thing, all the great things they can do and how much enjoyment people get out of them. Uh, but we often don't, we don't think about what happens when things go wrong? You know, we're all excited when we get this new product and companies eager to sell you the product. But what do you do when you're looking for help? If mm. something's not quite working the way it should, uh, what, what do we, what do you do then? There's been an interesting survey put out by Log Me In and Ovum who, uh, who have uh, interviewed some customers about what they feel, uh, the results of their customer service experiences. And the news ain't good. <laughs> a lot, a lot of companies, a lot of companies that, uh, what they think, what what we think, we expect from customer service, and what we ex- and what actually happens with customer service are miles apart. It, it's alarming that one the survey revealed that seventy six percent of customers have, as a result of a bad experience following a bad customer service experience, have stopped doing business with their brand. So they've cut them out altogether. A real worrying trend, and really highlights the fact that you do need to look after your customers after you've sold them a product. And, you know, there's a part of me that says, really, do we have to even do a survey to to point this out to people? But then you think about Telstra is a great example over the years. They've had massive problems with customer service. And if it wasn't for David Thody's concerted effort towards that, um, they they would still be a struggle. Now, a lot of people still have problems, but there's no doubt in my mind that they've improved. Um, And and you have – think about other experiences. So, for example, online, you know, the – the online buying experience can be enhanced with just better user interface, uh, as well as better, you know, interaction uh, during the buying process. I noticed, for example, Optus uh, today. I was looking at their website, and it kept coming up asking me if I wanted to talk to someone, which is yeah. pretty smart, given that, frankly, mobile plans are uh, impossible to find your way through. So, thinking about ways that you can in- enhance support, look at the number of people that are doing great social media support, and let's be honest, that's forget. Trevor Long, forget Stephen Fennick, forget the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. The best reason to be on Twitter is customer support. Nearly yeah. always you'll get better customer support because you can you can be identified and you can have a public 
complaint, which is something they want to minimise. Mm. I've got. To, I'd like to share a couple of cases where I've done that that very thing on Twitter. Uh, I can remember uh, chatting with Optus about my my connection here, and it was just dreadfully slow. And I remember uh, tw- tweeting it out at Optus and and said, "Look, you know." The, this is this service is, is appalling. What's going on? Is there is something wrong? And other customers then were chiming in, saying, "Yeah, it's happening to me too." Da da da. Where are you? Where is it you're located? And and by the end by the end of that little that little Twitter exchange, I'd found out that there was actually things happening in my area. It should be ready. It should be completed in an hour or so. Uh, and and that was a good outcome. I think people just looking in this instance, looking just to know what's going on. Is something wrong? What's happening? And you get that. Uh, with your Ausgrids, you know, your electricity companies of the world now are proactively just tweeting maps of outages and stuff like that because it saves them having to sit and respond to people. They're just pushing out information. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, The the other incident I had was with uh, my jawbone. Ditto. My jawbone. Same thing. Uh, it, it just stopped working, absolutely died a death, and I tried everything to get it back. I simply tweeted at jawbone, look, my, my, my up three isn't working, my up 24 isn't working anymore. What can I do? And they said, well, send us, they, they've started following me and they said a private, me- private messages, direct messages, your email address. And they looked up my, my email address that was registered to my jawbone account and sent me a new one. As easy as that. So the customer service in that instance was excellent. But in going back to this survey, there's some people, some customers that have um, they they're finding it hard to find out the right person to talk to if they do have a drama, if they do want to have uh, talk through an issue. Uh, and so, but what what they're finding too is that the the, the the there's so many ways you can you can seek support, like over the phone, you can send a message on the webs, chat through social media, email, and we expect a response straight away. It's because that always connected world we live in, we're expecting a response then and there. And some companies aren't cutting it. Some companies are letting it not, not being as responsive as they should. And the result of that is a lost customer. Mm. Yep. No, it's absolutely uh, spot on. The, the research is, is, as I say, not rocket science, but it's kind of good to have it just taken down and, uh, and, and accounted for by Ovum and uh, done with Log Me In. So good stuff. And the full details are on Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you click on the, uh, the home link there, you'll find the products like their Wi-Fi range extenders, routers, uh, whatever it is, plus the great new Arlo Smart Home Security Camera System. This is the only 100% wire-free smart home security camera. It is unbelievably easy to use, unbelievably easy to set up. Uh, out of the box, a couple of batteries go in the cameras. Uh, your, your router, uh, or the, the base station plugs into your router with power, and then the camera is simply magnetically attached to either a, something like a metal gutter, as I tried, but also they have these beautiful little mounts that uh, you can mount up on the wall. So easy to use, so easy to do, and, um, and really weatherproof night vision Everything you need for a smart home security camera, accessible via your iPhone or online, records all the activity you uh, you miss, and uh, very important to see what's happening at your front door, for example, when you're not home. So check out the Arlo smart home security camera from Netgear at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
So it's very interesting that we're about to talk about Telstra because some narc is currently on my website leaving a million comments just bagging the crap out of them. He's clearly got a, a axe to grind. I shan't be publishing your comments, narky man. But um, very interesting, mate, that uh, we talked, what is it, uh, late March about Telstra adding data for home users. Then they were adding data for uh, for their mobile plans. And this week they announced their new Go mobile plans, which very interesting set of plans because they, they offer quite uh, quite good value at different levels. Plus, they introduced something that Optus and Vodafone have had for a little while now, the home sharing. Now, at, at its base level, the, the best value you can now get from Telstra is on a casual plan, month to month, SIM only, bring your own phone. Mate, 70 bucks a month, six gig of data. That is yeah. unbelievable value from Telstra. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think uh, they've really uh, woken up and smelt the coffee when it, when it comes to data. Let's just say they've they've got the message that people were demanding more. The value just wasn't there uh, before this. But it's great to see. And as you said, they, they did they did increase their data, and we were all surprised and shocked at, at, at the the amount of data they were offering, both in, on the fixed and mobile plans. So good to see that they've taken it now a step further uh, and offering not only value which is obviously something customers want. But I think convenience is the other thing that we want here. And in the case of a family, like your kids are growing up and they'll eventually be getting their own phones. My kids are growing up, they've all got their own individual plans that if one of, if one of my kids' data runs out, they're stuck till the next month comes around or till they renew their, their recharge or recharge their prepaid. Mm. So here's a great way for... You to literally share the wealth, like share the data among yep. you, the parents and the kids. So data sharing again, uh, not not new to Telstra, not new for the in, uh, for the market, but new to Telstra, um, and they're very competitive with uh, with Optus and Vodafone. Their their plans are not the best, but they are super close to being the best in terms of competitiveness, uh, and that's gonna that's gonna really make it hard for people to switch from Telstra. They also have um, on their twenty four month contract terms, they have six months Presto or twelve months NRL or AFL, which you know is going head to head with the other guys, either offering buddy Netflix or uh, Stan or whatever it might be. So so yeah, they've up that they've up that they've up that offer. Then you've got the big thing for me, which has kind of gone unspoken a bit. Telstra Mobile Protect. So as a parent, yes. I can now apply internet filters, block websites, restrict call and SMS activity, set time restrictions on data usage, mate. That to me makes it very hard to recommend any other carrier for a parent. Absolutely right. No, I totally agree. And I think the example that uh, that Telstra provided with sort of the mum and dad on the $70 a month Go Mobile casual plan, so they get 6 gig each, hmm. so it's 12 gig altogether. Bring in two kids on the $40, so you can you can attach a SIM for 40 bucks, and that gives you unlimited voice text, and then it allows you to share the data of those base plans. So hmm. all of a sudden, you've got four people on – uh, on pretty reasonably priced, uh, you know, decent prices uh, for their plans. I, yep. I mean, reasonable. They're not too expensive. Hmm. And then you suddenly got 12 gig of data that goes around. Now, let's face it, mum and dad aren't going to probably use up that 12 gig on their own. And I'd, I'd probably bet that the kids are going to have to give a solid crack to that 12 <laughs> yeah. gig before mum and dad does. So it's good to see you can share the wealth there. I did a bit of research on this this week. Um, we, we, we ran the story on a current affair last night, and I'm doing a thing on, on mornings tomorrow about mobile plans. So I was ringing around a bit today because it's bloody hard to find mobile plan comparisons. Even the best website, Whistleout, is still a bit difficult because there's so much to get through. But what about this? This is, again, unknown or unnoticed about this. 
that was two parents, as you just said, 70 bucks each, uh, 12 gig of data, and they buy, let's say they buy one little Johnny $40 companion SIM. He shares the data, as you said, but he's also entitled to an iPhone 5C, Samsung Galaxy S5, or a HTC M8, because that's what's included in that $40 companion SIM over the 24 months. So there's actually a handset in there as well. So yeah, that's, that's impressive. No, this is, this is, is a very hard value. one for parents to turn away, I reckon. So really big deal for Telstra. Uh, again, I, I give full credit to Telstra for this because they literally are acknowledging that they were behind. They, let's be clear, they weren't losing customers in droves, but I think they realized they needed to, to avoid that happening and then reacting. So instead of that, they're just on the front foot and they're saying great deals coming. So to the people complaining that they're on a contract, ring up. Ring up and find out what they'll do for you today. Or frankly, you know you're going to be off contract in a little while, a year, whatever it is. These will all be there for you when you're ready to wait. So all good stuff from Telstra and both uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au have the details of the Telstra Go Mobile plans. Samsung is a name we usually associate with smart TVs, uh, mobile mobile phones, smartphones, but they've entered a new space, and this is the portable drive, the SSD drive, as a matter of fact, solid state. Their new drive is called the T1. It was a surprising little product, this one, because it did kind of come out of left field. We had a glimpse of it at CES and thought, yeah, that's not too bad. But they had a launch last week and actually uh, introduced us to the drive. And I have to say, I was very impressed. Now, this is a drive that is smaller than a credit card. It only weighs 30 grams, yet can store up to a terabyte of space on board using that SSD technology, of course, using that like flash-type memory. But what a handy little device for those of us. And look, let's face it, data is so important. We just spent the last segment talking about how data on our mobiles and our plans is really important. But what about when we want to carry around content for those of us who, for those people who are maybe photographers or videographers or graphic designers, people who deal in lots of data, move a lot of data around, this is a really attractive product that uh, I'm sure you're as impressed as I am, Trev. I, I, when this came, because I couldn't get to the launch, and this thing arrived, tiny little thing, and I went, this is ridiculous. It's it's smaller than your credit card. It's obviously fatter than a credit card, but it's not much. I mean, it's the size of my wallet, to, to put in perspective. I have a very small wallet. So it's tiny. It's like five, six mil thick. It's not nothing. And then it's USB 3, so it's super fast. The one I've got is 500 gigs, so it's about 460 bucks or something. You'll, you'll tell me the prices in a minute. But yeah. the, the transfer speeds are impeccable because it's USB 3. And you're absolutely right. The best case, use case for this, because it's an expensive product for, for, for the average Joe wanting portable um, storage. But for someone who does video, photos, this is huge. So the example I'll give you is um, I went to Canberra a few weeks ago with Land Rover and this guy was shooting video on the day and at the end of the day, what happens at these um, events is they, they tell you they're going to upload the footage to you. And I was at a thing on Monday and they said they'll upload the footage. It hasn't arrived yet. It's going to be tomorrow now. <laughs> now, at this thing down in Canberra, I had a USB 3 capable USB stick. It was only, I think, 32 gig, fortunately. That was all I needed. I plugged it and he transferred the data. With 500 gig in my hand, up to a terabyte, I could have transferred so much video, it's ridiculous. And, and they, they can use that to either transfer around or take it off the draw, off their computer. I actually think this is an absolute sleeper of a product for Samsung. Portable SSD T1. 
I don't think I've been impressed by a hard drive in a very long time, mate. Yeah, no, same same with me. I think uh, they've really done a nice job. Not only, uh, obviously, the specs and the speed, it's like 450 megabytes per second it can read and write, but they've also done a great job in the look of it. It, it, it is actually quite stylish. They've gone to a bit of trouble. Like, it's not often you can say that a hard drive looks stylish, but uh, you can with the T1. It's got like laser etch pattern on it, the, the name on there. Uh, it, it looks quite good. It's easy to carry around. I, I was carrying around in my top pocket like at the launch they had all different stations where you create a bit of content and then save it to the drive and i just had it in my top shirt pocket and forgot it was even there i remember leaving the event thing and i hang on the drive is still in my pocket didn't even know it was there it only weighs 30 grams so having that sort of capacity uh is obviously for professionals it's it's a brilliant solution but you think about the number of people who who don't want to clog their tablets and smartphones with all with all their favorite content they can carry around content on this drive and then be able to access it uh, on the go so you you don't normally think about taking your portable hard Hard drive with you because it's a bit bigger. You know they have mm. come down in size in the years gone by, but it's still a bit a bit of a commitment to carry around. You couldn't really easily fit it in your pocket. Put it that way. That's right. This though with the T1, it's totally changed that. And the uh, the capacities two hundred fifty gig two sixty nine dollars five hundred gig four hundred twenty nine dollars and at the top of the line one terabyte for seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. And check out the photo on Stephen's website techguide.com.au. You can see it there. Compared with the credit card, you will be blown away. Prices and details, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenning. Now, before we get to our minute reviews, uh, Stan came into my uh, man cave today uh, via Apple TV, Stan being the streaming (laughs) media service from the Nine Network and Fairfax, the joint venture there, uh, competing with Netflix, competing with Presto, and I still think one of one of the better of the of the bunch. You know, it's probably in the top two of the three. It's a tough call, but um, some good <laughs> features there. But uh, I think having it on Apple TV as a native app is a huge deal because plenty of people have Apple TV and don't have another device because it, yeah. Apple TV is actually an excellent way to consume movies, TV shows, music, photos, a whole bunch of things um, without even needing an iPhone or an iPad. So. Think of it this way. You can walk into an Apple store, buy an Apple TV for 109 bucks. go home, plug it into USB, plug it into power, sorry, plug it into HDMI, plug it into power, plug it into the internet or Wi-Fi. And as long as you've got an internet network at home, you then open up Stan, uh, you've signed up on the website, and for 10 bucks a month, you are accessing thousands of TV shows, movies, binge away, yeah. do your best, so easy and so good to see from an Aussie company getting onto, uh, onto Apple TV. Absolutely right. I think the reaction to this story, I posted this story this morning and the reaction has been, oh, now I'm going to get it. Uh, I think the, 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 the hurdle for a lot of customers was, okay, I can download an app and then I've got to do this to get it on the TV. And I think that that was a little bit of a, a barrier for customers. Now that is it is easy to view on a TV using Apple TV, uh, they're going to see, I think, a bit of a surge in, in customer numbers there. As I said, the, the reaction to it was very positive. Now I'm going to get it, I think, was the most common response on my yeah. Facebook page there anyway. So uh, that, that this is a big move. I think it's it's a move that's been coming. I think the uh, Mike Sneesby, the the CEO from Stan has said that uh, this was the uh, a platform that customers have been asking for. The requests from subscribers have been coming since day one, uh, and it was a, a critical platform, he described it, for a leading streaming service. And we have to remember that Netflix is already on Apple TV, uh, so the fact that Stan is now sitting side-by-side with Netflix will really give them a bit of a shot in the arm. And I do think this is an indication, because remember, the Apple TV has been around for a while. 
but it's only the last six to 12 months that Apple started allowing Aussie apps onto the platform because it's not the sort of thing you can just go and develop an app for. You have to actually be in a, a business relationship with Apple to, to get get happening there. Yep. So it's actually good to see this happening. It's going to be good for Apple TV's growth. And maybe it means that in a couple of years there is something coming from Apple in terms of the next generation of the Apple TV and, uh, and its impact on the over-the-top network. But uh, if you are a stand customer and you've got an Apple TV, Refresh that baby, let it make it happen. It's going to be very good for you. And if you haven't signed up to one of the streaming media services, remember they offer these free trials. Sign up, put a note in your diary. If you don't want it, delete it and cancel your credit card uh, on their system. But sign up, have a play around, have a look, and you might just be surprised. The quality of Stan Streaming is exceptional. So uh, well worth checking out. If you've got yourself a big HD TV, Stan's another way to enjoy great HD content. Uh, check it out, eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we don't want to give Samsung a free ride here, but second mention of <laughs> Samsung tonight, but this is this is sheer magnificence, really, isn't it? Absolutely. The curved SUHD Series 9 smart TV from Samsung, a 65-inch model that we had a look at over here. Now, this is a TV that's had a... a, a a, a massive jump in quality in just 12 months. Now, over the years, there's been incremental improvements. The picture, they've tweaked the picture quality here and there, but it wasn't a massive step change. Here, though, is that step change, and it's because of a secret source known as the nano crystals that's taken the existing LED technology and made it even better. That's the SUHD. S can stand for super sensational. Whatever it is, it's working. We don't know exactly what the S stands for, but boy, the picture quality has certainly improved. It's really jumped up the color levels, the color saturation, the color, the natural tones of the color. Skin tones are excellent as well. But the other big improvement for LED, and this has always been a battle for LED TVs, especially against plasma in the past and now OLED moving forward. Producing a good black level has always been a challenge. But with this new, uh, the nanocrystals have helped in that area as well. And I'm not talking just great blacks when you're looking at clothing or just objects. But I'm talking even detail in dark scenes and, and those areas where you can actually make out objects and things in those dark scenes. So they've done a great job there. Um, the design, of course, is, is is really subtle and minimal. The curve is is very is uh, is it's not a massive curve. Like people, when they think of curved TVs, they think it's going to be like wrapping around them. Mm. It, it is a very very subtle curve, and the, the stand even makes it look like it's defying gravity. It's quite quite a nice look. Really thin bezel, you'll forget it's even there. Uh, but different sources through the TV, I've got to say, watching standard definition TV really didn't do the, the screen much justice at all. Every floor was exposed in the picture. You are only watching standard definition on a screen that's got more than 8 million pixels. Uh, it didn't look that good. High definition TV, which can be as low as 576i, uh, was only a little bit better. Watching Blu-rays, the, the upscaling was really good. I think the, uh, I've seen upscaling on other TVs and projectors and that they can give you the picture a bit of an artificial look. But what this did, it really pumped up the picture in the right places and made it look really natural, like you're watching native 4K content. Speaking of native 4K content, I did have a drive that was connected to the TV so I could watch actual 4K content and I've got to say I was blown away. The sharpness is incredible. One thing I didn't like about the TV and I had the same issue with last year's model is the, uh, the speakers. 
the built-in speakers are quite thin. You're not getting that robust sound out of this this TV. And I've got to say, it's a $10,000 TV. It's $9,999. I don't think a customer should have to buy a soundbar when they're spending ten grand on a television. The, 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 I'm not to say the speakers were awful, but they could be a lot better. Mm. Uh, Performance-wise, it's got an octa-core processor on board, so it's really snappy. You get around the menus really fast. Uh, look, this is the best TV Samsung's produced in many years. The SUHD, uh, we looked at the Series 9, 65-inch curved TV, valued at $9,999. Bunch of photos, full review, techguide.com.au. And on the theme of portable data, uh, the Seagate Wireless Portable Hard Drive. Well, Seagate have been around for 35 years producing hard drives, and you know they've learned a thing or two, let's just say, in that time. And what they've produced, uh, they've produced uh, two new models. They've got the new Seagate 7, which is an ultra-thin and sleek little – it's only 7 millimetres thick, so it's really sleek, easy to carry around. It, act- it actually looks like the inside of a hard drive. You know when you, when you get those uh, – the, the, the drives that you can put into a, a NAS drive? It actually looks like the inside of a drive, sort of harks back to the old the old look of a hard drive, but it is still thin, very light. Uh, it's actually uh, weighs 93 kilograms, and, and as I said, it's only 7 millimetres thick. Uh, that's USB 3, so really high transfer speeds there as well. The other, and that, that's available in 500 gig capacity, uh, 189 bucks. The other drive is a Seagate wireless drive. This is a bit more fun. There's, there's five different colours, and being wireless, it creates its own little hotspot uh, it also has 500 gig and at the same price, 189. Can, can stream content to up to three devices at once. So it's maybe it's to a smartphone, to a tablet, to a laptop, uh, all at the same time. Has a built-in battery that can run for up to six hours as well. So if you're looking to cre- have creative options for your storage uh, and take it with you anywhere, the Seagate 7 uh, uh, priced at 189 and the Seagate Wireless also at 189 and also at both at 500 gigabyte capacity. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, that's another one in the can, episode 208. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. We do it each and every week with their great assistance. And uh, Stephen uh, runs the great website, techguide.com.au, where you can find all the stories. Uh, and we're both on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick. And if you're chatting away on Twitter, do use the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Stephen, uh, we shall talk again next week. Yes, we will. Thank you, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.